Some episodes might not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. I curse you, you stupid dragon! Oh, shut up, man! In Forge of the Dragon Lord, our party embarks on the most traditional of adventures, raiding the lair of a powerful and ferocious dragon. But this is no ordinary dragon, and the Vault of Embers is no ordinary lair. Dragons are ferocious and greedy creatures, red dragons doubly so. Protective and vengeful in the extreme, plundering a red dragon's lair is a task reserved for only the bravest or most foolhardy. Within the Golden Archipelago dwells not just one, but dozens of red dragons, including the vengeance-crazed Pyre. From within his lair, the Vault of Embers, he assembles an army of dragonborn and war golems. When his plans are complete, he will unleash his army upon the Dragon Queen, who crippled his wings long ago. The party will need all of their wit and skill to infiltrate the vault and defeat the maddened dragon, for only the incomparable heat of Pyre's forge will allow them to melt away the adamantine shell of the fallen star and unlock the secret hidden within. game, Pyro was half expecting you to not take his deal. Okay. How does a 19 fare? To hit him? Yeah. Right on the money. He has an AC of 19. Oh, thank God. So for four points of damage, I'll send just boom, clang! <laughs> Go get him! And initiative. Mm, I really got to stop. This is like. I love it. You're gonna get us killed. You're gonna get us killed. <laughs> you better be right about this. Ping. That's basically what happens. I mean, I'll back your play, but like, at what cost? <coughs> Well, this 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 is where Mercer he is he is all like for the most part he's all fire, so he's not yeah. going to be very useful in this fight. <laughs> oh gosh, okay, so oh jeez, <laughs> oh, I'll be fending to see how that plays out. Very interesting to see how this plays out. What did Mercer get for initiative? Mercer got a 20. 20. You said he did four points with the... Force cannon. Right. Oh my god. What? Oh, you just saw that number? <laughs> oh, no, no. Okay, that's a lot better than I thought it was. Like, the way with the line and everything, I'm like... How much did you think it was? I thought it was 1,200. <laughs> Yeah, because I'm going to throw a creature that powerful at you right I'm now. I'm like, 
I'm like, yeah, no. Level five, twelve hundred. I can't get one level. I can't just. I can't get just one level. Uh, what did Esther get? Man, I, I knew I was gonna have fun tonight. I demand new dice because these are crap tonight. Esther got <coughs> freaking nine. Uh, Esther will go before Pyre. What did uh, Celine get? Uh, Celine got an eight. Wow. What did Zabat get? Eleven. Zabak's going second. Oh, wow. Okay. It's going to go Mercer, Zabak, Esther, Pyre, Celine, and telling up the end, Lockdown. All right, Mercer. Okay, so Mercer reaches into his bag, mm-hmm. pulls out the Mithril Spear that's been, uh, that has a bag tied around it with all of the uh, concoctions of the Abolith poison. poison. All right, let me look that up real quick because I want to make sure it was. I, I remember it was four vials of potion that you mixed into a single, like, pouch, water, uh-huh. bag thing. And for the last, you know, Four days, this thing has been soaking in it. The bag is still tied to it, though, right? Yep. And I assume the bag is going with it. As oh, it yes, very time. much so. All right. <laughs> okay. Catapult? Mm-hmm. All right. So let's do the deck save for the catapult effect. And then we'll do the saves for the Abolith Poison. Yep. I was trying to figure out how I wanted to do it. I'm going to do it in favor of you rather than saying they're all mixed and it just quadruples the amount of time. We're going to do four individual saves and four individual sets <coughs> and determine that way. So... And hold up. Don't call, don't call the number. I need to double check something real quick for Celine. Okay. I just want to make sure. Ability check. Boom. Cutting words. Take six off of that. <laughs> Don't know what he got? <laughs> yes. Oh, one. <laughs> He'd have failed even if he hadn't done that. Oops. Hey. <coughs> I was trying to ensure it succeeded. Okay. Set that there for now. <coughs> do I get the damage from the spear as well as it hits him? Yes. So you'll do the damage for the spear as well as the damage for the spell. Okay. Oh, hi. I wish. <laughs> Ooh, actually, not bad. Uh. Uh, yeah, that's, uh... Oh, wait, hold on. Yeah, 26 points. It's 3d8 for the spell. Plus a d8, because it's, uh... I'm using... Because I have my my focus with it. I thought you said the focus... 
didn't have the enchantment on it because you used the infusion on a fourth bag. No, I redid because I didn't need the bag anymore. Remember? I dumped all the... I, I don't have any golem parts on me. No, you dumped all the golem parts out when you heard about the alchemy bag, then took the backpack from Z Esther and said you let the infusion go off of your focus and put it on the bag because so, you wanted as much space as possible yeah, for when you guys went but to the that's, lab. But that's just the, the plus one and ignores half cover because it's a because of the artificer mm -hmm. at fifth level when they use, when they have their their focus because I have to have an arcane focus to be cast. Right, yeah, I know that. It gives me an additional D8 to my spell damage. Okay, so, so that has nothing to do with the infusion. No. So you still have four bags of holding right now? Yeah. Okay. All right. This yeah. is one of those things about the artillerist artificer I'm still learning. Cause yeah. Just as much as how much you know about a stone sorcerer is about as how much I know about an artillerist yeah. artificer. Yeah. So, so 26 <laughs> points of damage as the spear goes flying with that abolith poison and just jams into him. Okay. So for the sake of argument, we're going to say that the spear stays embedded into him. I somehow hit in a spot where the myth, the uh, armor is not at. I mean, if you look at, you can take a look at him. And you can tell his armor doesn't completely cover him. I get him uh, right in the neck giblet. Ouch. Sure. Uh, okay. It makes me feel better because that apple of poison is gonna just tear into him. Heck yeah. Uh, you said 26 points? Yes. That was a really good roll, too. Three, three sixes, a five, and a three. So over over half. All right, so then he needs to make four con saving throws because there were four potions. And he has to beat a 14 to succeed. That's a fail. That's a fail. That's a success, and that's a fail. So, so three failures. Two for four hours. He will be. I just remember a stack damage. Because Zabek had it on her. Listeners, I am screaming the F-bomb in my head non-stop, because now I need to look something up. And then... Hold on, hold well, on. Hold on, this might... Okay. Seriously, you need to hang on a minute. Oh, dang. Did dang. I do something super nasty? Yeah, possibly. Dang. Okay. <laughs> if I kill him, I, I, call, I call personal. <laughs> you did not kill him. I... That would have been hilarious. My plan's been just, you know, sitting there percolating for <laughs> two game sessions. Okay, well, I can't find it there, so I need to go online to look this up real quick. 
because the effect of that poison affects him for the next four hours. And because of that, that means this is going to be going on for quite a while and is going to make an extreme difference in this, uh, in this combat. Holy freaking crap. What does I do? What does I do? <laughs> so as that poison starts to apply it into him, he starts to cough and act as though he is grasping for air and immediately holds his breath for... The next three rounds. So we'll get through those three rounds and then I'll tell you what happens after that. Okay. I then move to the far <coughs> corner over here. Over to here? Yeah, to uh, get away from the party because I know I've just thoroughly peed this guy off. Uh, I'm going to move five feet up too. All right, hang on a sec. <sighs> I'm trying to get away from the party at this point. <laughs> okay. Is that your... Is that yeah. your whole turn then? Yeah, because right. I could just so move. Before the end of your turn, I need a dexterity saving throw. And no, it is not magical. I wish it was. Oh, sweet. That's going to be... That's going to be a decent roll. Um... That's going to be a 19, sir. Okay, that makes it. As you go into the room and the heat from the molten uh, metal that is seething around the room, gets you get closer to it. You take five points of fire damage as you feel the heat start to scorch you. Oh, the room is very hot. I do not like it. I don't like it either. And it is Zabak's turn. First round of that. And we haven't rested, so. Yeah, we have. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, you are fully healed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So she's gonna just run on up there. Thanks to our good friend Celine. Thank you, Celine. She's gonna run on up there. This turn of events, as I always say, has enraged. You're going all the way up to him? Oh, yeah. Ah! 10, 15, 20. Hedge my bets and use the uh, big boy, the great sword, two-handed, of course. Wait, wait, okay, so with the stats of the bladed ore and the stats of the jawbone, which one has the better stats for you? Um, technically, it should be the jawbone. Yeah, the because the max damage I can do with just the roll is fourteen. Oh. Mm. Well, the reason I ask is because I don't remember what all the bladed ore does. It's been so. No, long. you're right. The bladed ore is better. Well, all right, I'm gonna. It should be worse because it's just a D12. Yeah, but it's a D12 plus five. 
That'd be the same thing for your the the great sword because oh, it's still you're using right. your strength. Oh, you're right. And okay, so by numerical s statistics, you can only you can roll a one on one dice or two ones on two dice. So statistically, or functions of a plus one great right. sword when used okay. to make an attack, so. water splashes out from the ore, covering opponents in frigid brine. Characters wielding the blade of ore while at least halfway submerged under water, it deals an extra 1d8 cold damage. So, effectively, both weapons are just a plus one weapon. It's just the blade of ore is treated like a great axe, whereas the jawbone is treated like a great sword. Okay, 14 to hit. <clears throat> that is a miss. Yep, I knew it would be. As you clang against the adamantine armor oh. empire. Oh, I'm so sorry. 17 to hit. That second. misses as you Dang. once again clang. Oh crap, this is not going well for me. <coughs> so that's the end of Zabak's turn. So, <coughs> does, with, with Mercer doing that, does Pyre know what's happened to him? Nope. Not clue. Awesome. <laughs> and I did tell you I retconned that to change it to the actual poison out of the book, right? Yes. Okay. Now I'm just curious if that affects his breath weapon. Because he can't breathe. You're right. He can't do his breath weapon because he can't breathe, man. I don't know. That's kind of what I'm hoping. Yeah, no. I mean, he'd have to be able to take a breath in yeah. order to breathe out the fire. So, no, you're right. He can't. He can't, he can't do it. <laughs> oh, man. Shut up. I am regretting giving you those poisons now that I realize I love, how effective they are. If it's I'm any consolation, you can take the fact that I at least used all four in one go. No, well, yeah, okay. and you used it at the smartest moment because I was hoping this to be a really nasty fight that brought you to the brink of death. Well, let's I, be honest. The the little legionnaire dude over there after the shield took me to the brink of death. <laughs> yeah, but this was the big bad boss. This was sure. the uh, raiding the lair of a red dragon, and this was the red dragon with adamantine armor and mithril wings and... Oh, I'm going to have fun dismantling this dude. Oh, my gosh. Mercer's going to have a heyday. Okay, so... Zabak took her turn, right? Uh, yeah, yeah she It is whipped. Esther's turn. Esther's like... Bruh. Okay. Esther's like, man, I am always carrying your weight, Zabak. I am going to crack this open because I've been wanting to try one of these. Alright, so she's going to rip off one of the stars to cast Magic Missile at level 5, which gives me how many bolts? <laughs> it's 3 at 2nd second second. level. So, so 4, 5 uh, missiles. 5? Okay. Alright, you're going to go away. Thank you. Man, I'm carrying the whole party's weight. This is ridiculous. Max damage, max damage. Oh, oh, that's not bad. Oh, I'm not regretting this decision at all. How much did you do? Twenty-two points of damage. Not as much as I wanted to, but still. All right. So how many dice did you roll? Six. Two, three, six, yeah. Okay, good. I thought it was five. No, it's six, because it starts off at three and then four. So three at first level, then second, third, fourth. Actually, it should be seven. 
Oh, it's a first first level spell. I was I was calling it like a second level spell. So what did I say point. first? You said uh, twenty two points of damage. So how much more damage did you just do? Twenty six points total. So an additional four. Yeah. Okay. So is that okay? All right. So that was. Is Esther doing anything else? Nah. Okay. So it is now Pyre's turn. <coughs> Now this the ro- this robe, I know it regenerates stars at dawn or dusk or whatever. At dawn. At dawn. So, if I use up all the stars in one day, do I destroy the cloak or no? It's just no. Useless. You just you don't have any more stars to use, and you've got to wait till it recharges. Okay. Cool. <coughs> yeah. No. It's usually a staff or a rod that if you use up all the charges it's, on it, yeah. you have. I, the way it's normally worded is you have to roll a d20 and on like a one, it goes boom. It goes kaboom. It's, it's gone, yeah. Okay. All right, so it is yeah. his turn. Uh, okay, I need to see. Okay, so that he doesn't care about. end of Esther's turn, Pyre is going to use a legendary action, and he is going to, do, 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 he's going to cast a spell. I have to look the spell up real quick. Heat weapon on Mercer's scale mail. Oh crap. Hot, hot, hot! Celine, help! So, it doesn't say that Mercer gets a save. I don't get a save. So, Mercer is going to. I instantly take the initial damage. That is going to be six points of fire damage. And what you saw him do 
was to point the hammer at Mercer when that spell shot off. And then it That's is, the hammer lock ones, right? Yeah. Now it's his turn. Um, he looks at the back. Ah! She's the one that's made him the maddest. I don't know if that's the case. Oh, well, I mean, she's the closest. <laughs> I mean, he, he has a mithril spear stuck in him. And he, for some reason, he also he can't breathe. And then Mercer is the one that did that to him. As he rang his, his bell with the force cannon. Ding! Ring my bell! A 21 as he, sl- as he swings an adamantine claw at That's good the game. back. Ouch! 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. And a 22 as he swings the hammer at the back. So the adamantine claw is going to, oh, you're lucky, minimum damage, five points slashing. Okay, so that's two because I'm raging. And then from the hammer, uh, that'll be nine points bludgeoning. Oh, that's supposed to be this. And two points fire. Technically, because I've been able to do this before, he should be able to do one other thing, but I'm withholding it because he technically can't breathe, even though it doesn't actually require him to breathe to do it. So, I'm, I'm being slightly nice at the moment. Well, we've appreciate <clears throat> And now it is Celine's turn. Celine looks at Mercer and goes, Gotcha! Dispel magic. It just dispels it. If it's third level or lower. Which it is. Okay. That just means he doesn't have to concentrate on it anymore. <laughs> and it means Mercer doesn't get burned every turn. <laughs> <coughs> um, and then... Yeah, bonus action. Um, Healing word on Mercer. So he gains back seven points. All right. Is that her turn? Uh, Just for all intents and case purposes, she does at least move to the other side of the staircase so they're not in a line. Okay. Good idea. I did not do this, and I was supposed to. Esther needs to give me a dexterity saving throw. Oh crap! What? Come on. She's in the room. There's no way I can. Ooh. That's, That's your locked guy. on. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Forget well, about it. Well, I made it, it anyway, so. <laughs> no, never mind. That would have been locked on, and it's not his turn yet. Because he's actually on the stairs. I. From the angle I'm looking at, it looked like he was standing in the room, but he's actually still standing on the stairs. Okay, so at the end of Selene's turn, legendary action, he recasts Heat Metal on Mercer. For eight points of fire damage. 
Uh, now it's Lockdown's turn. Lockdown is. I'm thinking of Zabak. Zabak needed to give me a dexterity saving throw because she is in the room right up by. Well, she made it. She rolled 19. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, it still affects her, it just doesn't affect her as much. So it's quartered for you. Is that all damage? Anything other than psychic. Okay. As long as she's raging. That's the joys of the good old uh, bear totem. Oh, and you're you're lucky you did this because I wrote really well. Eighteen. So nine, nine. Four. Take four points of fire damage as you're standing in the room. So two. No, no oh, that's already rounded down. Four points. Gotcha. As you feel the heat of the room envelop around you. <clears throat> um, Lockdown's turn. He is just like, no. Puts the, the other fiery hammer away. Snaps his fingers a bonus action to create the shadow blade. Flies up to right here at the risk of getting burnt. And as part of an attack action, does the booming blade to try to hit this guy. Did he hit? Did he hit? Did he hit? It's gonna be at a six. Nineteen. Right on the money. Yay. Yes. So two D eight for psychic. That's ten points psychic plus another six points thunder. So sixteen points of damage altogether. Heck yeah. 64 minus 16. Crap. 48. Is it 48? Okay. At the end of Lockdown's turn as a legendary action, he ta- uh, Pyro takes the hammer and puts it back into the forge and you see the energy in the hammer uh, start to reignite and glow oh, once no. again. I don't like this. <clears throat> and uh, that brings it back up to the top of the line. Oh, Lockdown has to make a deck saving throw. That's going to be 16, so he makes it as he takes 10, 16, 17, 18, 19. Wait a minute. That's 10. That's 15. 21, so rounded down to 20 and then cut in half. 10 points of fire damage. Ouch. He not too happy about that. He wants Pyre dead. And at this point, everybody doesn't even have to make a, uh, a skill check for this. You've never seen Lockdown this angry before. As he is just all out enraged with Pyre and attacking him. So we're back up to the top of the round. It is Mercer's turn again. This is now round two. Mercer moves to the stairs to get out of the room. Right into here. Bonus action, force cannon. Okay. 
And that's going to be a uh, 18 to hit, which misses. That's a miss, yep. And then he's going to grab... Uh, he's going to reach into his bag, <coughs> and he's going to reach in... Um, He's going to grab a hand axe. He's going to catapult it. Okay. So, dexterity saving throw. Alright. I, I was reading something. I thought I messed up on the heat metal spell, but I didn't. You only have to make a con saving throw if you have the ability to drop whatever has the spell cast on it. Mercer can't drop his armor. He can try to take five minutes to just to you know take it off, but not gonna happen. Yeah. Alright, so you said a dex saving throw? Yep. Cutting words on it. That is a twenty-three. Take eight off of it. Hmm? Take eight off of it. Eight? 15. So he fails. One, two, three, four. Now, does it matter if this is a dragon armament? Um, in what sense? Just making sure. Uh, he also needs to give me a uh, con saving throw. Okay. I mean, you can use a dragon forged armament on him. It's not going to make. Well, that, that's why I'm asking. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's not like he has special protection against him or anything. You said a con saving yep. throw? It's an 11. Okay, so he'll, he failed that too. Ow. So, an additional 2d4 on that. Ooh. Oh, wait, he took damage. Hang on a sec. The spell, uh, the heat uh, metal spell ends on Mercer. Okay. Is it still Mercer's turn? Yes. Okay. 33 points. Ow! As the, that axe just slams into him, and with that with that armament going off, he takes he, he takes the acid uh, damage from the axe as well. Dang. So how much damage in total was it? 10, 20... 24, 26, 28, 33, 33 points. Okay, and the hand axe was considered magical because oh, it wait. was enchanted with the. Did I do the? Did I do the hand axe? Because that's the catapult spell. That's that one. That's the catapult. One, two, three, four. That's the. Oh nope! Forgot the hand axe. 
pretty sure a hand axe is a D6. <coughs> a hand axe? Mm-hmm. I thought it was a D6. It is a D6. I forgot to add that. So add an additional three points to that. So 36 in total. Yeah, is that axe just slams into him. Yeah, right. buddy. Get him. Yeah, he didn't like that at all. That's 12. Hmm? That's 12. Yeah, I know. I just did the math. Um, at, is that Mercer's turn? Uh, and then Mercer, so... <clears throat> 5, 10, 15, he's going to go 20, 25. <laughs> Run away! Run away! As he has two weapons impaled in pyre. <laughs> well, no, the hand axe didn't impale into pyre. It hit him and then fell to the ground. Yeah. But, but the that, mithril spears definitely stayed. Yeah, but that hit like a Mack truck. Yeah. <laughs> um, at the end of Mercer's turn, he once again points the hammer at Mercer and again casts heat metal. For a max damage of 16 points fire. Heck yeah. I mean, not good for Mercer, but... Yeah, no. Mercer's looking pretty bad. Mercer's the one person that pissed him off. Like, Mercer's in there grabbing, like, the side of his, 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 you know, skim and going, It's a little hot in here! (laughs) Help me! Uh, (coughs) Yeah, she's gonna heal him. It is Zabak's turn. Uh, this is going quite long enough. Hit him, hurt him. Can I move to flank at all? No. There, there's not enough room. No, he's basically occupying that corner. Oh, that's an actual 20. Okay, yeah, you. Does, roll normal damage. Oh, six plus. Oh, that's right, because he's working at meant you can't be critted on. Mm-hmm. So, I think you killed him. 13, uh, 15 points of damage for my first attack. Yeah, he went down. Oh, sweet. The poison didn't even follow through completely. You guys killed him at that point. <laughs> hey, the, the, the fact that he can't breathe on us. Yeah. And the spell dissipates. Oh, that was easy. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Mercer, doing what Mercer does best, walks over. Kicks him. Ping! Ow. <laughs> Kicks him in his dragon shin. Well, that just serves right. Uh, okay, so the forge is still active at the moment. So Lockdown, Mercer, and Zabak, and Zabak all need to give me dexterity saving throws. Oh, Mercer does not make it. Oh, Zabak makes it. And Locked On definitely made it. Okay, so Mercer's going to take 16 points of fire. Mercer goes down. Oh, crap. Locked On and Zabak are going to take 8. Just as this happens, um, Esther and Celine hear Zam and uh, several other kobolds come around the corner and go... Get them out of there! Get them out of there! Um, we have to shut the forge off first! Get them out! Uh, Celine yells at Zabak, 
Pick up the stupid gnome. Of course. <coughs> Scoops him up and starts hustling out of the room. Lockdown immediately grabs the blacksmith hammer and flies out. Of course he does. Zam and four of the other kobolds go in, and they go around corners that look like that make it look like they walked behind the forge, mm-hmm. and you see the glow of the whole forge kind of go down. Celine heals Mercer for five points. He comes back. <laughs> so technically, Mercer went down. Yes. Okay. That wasn't very smart, was it? I'm not going to say that Mercer uh, takes whatever the heck you uh, said because well, Mercer went down. <laughs> well, Mercer didn't actually kill him by himself yet, so that's why that's why I'm saying if, if the poison actually killed him. I was going to take personal for it. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, Not the so so the, forge, the forge is off? The forge is technically off, and then as they come back out, they light up four torches that they set Three, in the room. So now it's, four. Ba- it's, sim- it's lit. Not dimly lit, but just lit. Okay. <laughs> it's lit, all right. So five, nine... 14 more points. Okay. Mercer proceeds to go in there and start dismantling Pyre. Oh. Okay, so... Give me just a second here. Okay, I have a question. Huh? That was, like, really easy. Easier than I thought it was going to be. Was that actually Pyre? Yeah. Cool. You guys put him at a major disadvantage. Not like not like game statistics disadvantage, just a basic disadvantage the minute that Ableth poison affected him. Because one of his primary attacks was no longer functional. And it was going to exhaust him to try to fly while doing that. Because the only that was the only thing he would have been able to do. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it, it was it was a massive game changer. But yeah, so Mercer grabs his spear, yanks it out, and then starts dismantling him. Okay. Um, I heard of grave robbers, but this is a bit much. It's Mercer. Mercer yeah. takes anything he can get his hands on. If he had more space, he'd keep all the gold parts, too. All right, so Captain first things first, give me an investigation check. For Mercer, because he's the one... 25. 25. Um, You notice that the breastplate, a section of it, has a very distinctive shield sort of shape. And with that, you can also make an Arcana check at advantage. Uh, That's going to be a... 25 as well. So, looking at this and knowing what you know of magic, you are able to discern or ascertain that if you were to take that piece of the breastplate, add straps onto the back of it, it would function like a shield that gives fire resistance while being equipped. Oh, heck yes. The rest of his armor uh, together is valued at... 300 gold. 
Yeah, like I said, Mercer goes in and dismantles. He takes all of the adamantium, all of the mithril off of him. 400 pounds. That's fine. He loads it all into a bag. He okay. has four bags to work with. Now, along with that, as Zam and the kobolds all come in. That sounds like a great band name. Um, I was going to say it. Zam and the kobolds. Zam and the kobolds. They, they swarm you point. guys, tugging and patting at you with sooty hands, congratulating you and thanking you for taking down Pyre. Yeah, Zam then extols to his people that, the, that you are an example that will serve as a shining beacon to all kobolds and any who are downtrodden everywhere. As he, in front of the assembled, Zam then thanks you for your help and asks you to be the first to divide up the conquered treasure, splitting it equally between yourselves and them. Basically, he's asking you to allow them to have half of any treasure that's in this room right yeah, now. Yeah, for sure, man. Go for it. Yeah, you guys helped us a great deal. Okay. So, what do we get? Okay. Uh, what did we win? Scores of ingots of adamantium and mithril are heaped near the forges in the room, all at a combined value of 2,500 gold pieces. So cut that in half. And then if you are actually splitting it evenly, it's 250 pounds worth. Dang. Okay. Done. They then ask, is there anything you would like help? with uh yeah i need to be able to use the forge and i look over and lock i need the hammer no if we need to use a hammer i'll use it well okay just no <laughs> esther pulls i up. need the hammer you will get it back esther can steps you wield a war hammer can I? yes i can use it not effectively but i can use it yes if you don't give this back i'm coming after you you still owe me a scale, so I, I will This is not you. worth one of my scales. I know. You yeah. had an agreement with the Arcanum for one of my scales. This no. is not part of that agreement. No, I had the agreement with you for the scale. That I'm just borrowing. Now get it here. Man, just let he him hands it over. The Thank as you. soon as you get it, the weight of that hammer makes you go. <laughs> and then you notice that it readjusts to fit to your size. Yes. Um, what do you mean, yes? You didn't even know it was going to do that. No, I just... Yes. Oh. Um, uh, Selena, I need to be healed one more time. <coughs> Hit me, baby, one more time. <coughs> uh, yeah, 7, 10, 15. Yeah, he's back up. Okay, cool. So um, Zam comes up and goes, wait, 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 wait. We're extremely familiar with this particular forge. I'm not trying to stop you from doing anything. I'm just asking you. What, what you is doing? it you're trying to do? Because we can probably make this up a lot easier for you if you let us help. Selene, come here. She walks over, pulls out. She's like, <laughs> here you go. The Mercer's like, <laughs> puts it on the anvil. I'm molly whopping this thing with this hammer, and I need the forge on. Okay. Zam goes, then you're going to want to put it in there, as he points to the main forge up here so that looks like a dragon's head. So I go and put it over there. Hang on, before we do things, it be kind of stupid to get this far and not uh, take a picture of it. <laughs> take a few pictures, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, I got a perfect photo opportunity for you here in a minute. What's that? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you... Uh... I was on the staircase. No, I'm just I'm just setting it up. Okay. Because at one point you were over here. Yep. Okay, what is it? <laughs> oh my gosh, really? Hey, like I said, I dismantled this dude. Okay, I'm eating valid. Alright, alright. I'll give that one to him. <laughs> I'm still laughing at the ping! Uh, I expected it to happen. I'm just glad you played along with it. Where the heck is it? Is that it? That is not it. I found this thing earlier. Where the heck did it go? I'm trying to find a file that I had. There they are, files. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, he tells you you're gonna want to put it in that forge and then let them get the forge lit up. Obviously, you guys are gonna wanna step back. I did. With the exception of whoever is gonna wield the hammer to strike the object. Aye. While you are holding the hammer, you are temporarily going to be immune to these fires. Beautiful. So we'll pull him out of the way, because he's done. I take it, everybody else backs up. Oh, yeah. All right, and then... Bye-bye. These guys all come in. Zam looks at you and goes, I know you're anxious to do this. Just wait until we get that on the anvil. I'll say when and then strike it. Fine. Okay? Yep. So you get one guy over here, one guy gets over here, this guy gets over to here. One of those rare moments where that's the same thing I wish I had in Hurricane's disjunction. <laughs> There's one. That would go over well, I think. Whoa, about fell over again. No, this one gets over to here. You start to notice they throw on aprons in there. So you agreed to share the treasure, and in turn, they gladly assist in aiding and operating Pyre's Forge, putting their years of acquired knowledge to use. I want 
somebody get that in there. It's fine. <laughs> uh, once they do so, the kobolds take up their positions, donning leather aprons and tinted goggles. As they swarm across the dragon-sized foundry, stoking fires, carting fuel, and hopping on bellows, operating vents and countless other tasks. The, oops, the flames of the forge... The flames of the forge grow ever hotter, shifting from orange to blue to a startling white as they engulf the hunk of astral metal. The star begins to glow with the radiance of the tiny sun, but even still the shell does not melt. As the flames reach their maximum heat, Zam calls out that it must be struck with a fully charged hammer of the dragonsmith. He quickly looks at you and goes, Stick the hammer in one of the forges! Pull it out! All right, move the shell to the anvil, and four of these guys grab metal pieces to grab this thing, and as one group carefully move it over, and uh, they place it on the great anvil. He looks at you and goes, Now! Wake up! Bang! You hit it, and a single note just... You remember in Star Wars Episode Two when Jango Fett let loose those bombs in space to try to blow up Obi-Wan, and when it exploded, there was a silence, and then, Yeah. That's the sound it makes. When the hammer hits the star, the runes on it flare with blinding light, and the air around the star shimmers with more stars. The blow emits a single high, clear note, just like I said, like the chime of an enormous tuning fork that can be heard throughout the entire vault. As the note fades, it seems as if the fallen star is unaffected, but then a crack begins to form across its top. More cracks join the first until the outline of something within can be made out. Radiant silver light pours through the cracks, swirling through the air and shimmering eddies washing over the creatures in the room. Everyone in the room is immediately healed as if they completed a long rest and any diseases, poisons, or other conditions are removed. Many kobolds see old scars and injuries fully restored. Through the blinding radiance, the fallen star appears to unfurl as it cracks open, legs and a head emerging from the sides. When the light finally fades, the fallen star is gone, and in its place is what appears to be a pure white sea turtle about the size of a large dog. It looks at all of you with wide, friendly eyes that swirl like rainbow light, opens its mouth, and makes a soft whoop. Greetings, creature. What? I have set you free. Oh, a new friend! It kind of floats over to Mercer and gets almost face to face with it, does a barrel roll, and just whoop. Yep. And then starts to float around, looks at all the kobolds. Floats over to the dragonborn and kind of does the same thing, like a dog's tilt head to the side. And when it gets to um, the back, it goes, It starts to circle around the back a little bit, looking her over and everything. And you feel it sort of semi land on her shell with its two front fins, just kind of grab hold and go, Make sure you feed it. This creature is the living star, the physical manifestation of the purest magic trapped within the antimantine shell of the fallen star. The living star is the wish, the part that you all sought. 
but it cannot release that magic without maturing first. Oh, it's a baby! This strange turtle is friendly to all of you and imprinting you as its parents. Oh! So, just like a newborn dog or cat or any other animal, it starts to nuzzle with you and try to cuddle and... Oh, well I've already got a brood of my own, but what's one more? Before you even try, any attempts to try to make a wish just causes it to stop, give you a blank stare and blink, and then... And then it goes back to being all playful and everything. Oh my gosh, that's adorable. Okay. At any given point, the Mercer looks at the compass, it points directly at the living star. Perfect. I think we found what we came for. Okay, is it going to die when we make our mo- wish? Please say no. <coughs> you don't know that. Bruh. Lockdown then looks at the kobolds and says, I know that was a lot of work, but between me and these guys, um, need just a little bit of help with something. Real quick. Even if it just requires one of the forges. And they're like... All right, but as soon as we get this done, you guys need to get out of here now. What's the hurry? Lockdown looks back at Mercer and goes, thank you. All right. And then he looks back at the kobolds and goes, I might need you guys' help with this. As he pulls out the Warhammer that had a Dragonforged armament enchantment on it, Mm -hmm. hands it off to them and says, I need... This heated with this and one of these as he holds up the Azar core mm-hmm. and one of the glowstones. If you guys can embed these into that and forge it out to a new dragon forged hammer, we set and immediately the kobolds look at them and their faces change to a we know where your head's at. Ah. Okay. Can Mercer make an uh, arcana? Yep. To see if he knows where it's going? Oh, of course, the one time I really want to roll decent. Um, 13? No, 14. 14? A 14 will tell you that you know he is trying to blacksmith some sort of an enchantment using magical um, materials into the hammer. But that's it. That's all you know. Esther walks up to Lockdown. Hey, Lock, what are you making? I am enchanting one of these hammers to be much better than any weapon I've had before. Cool. Can you enchant my weight bar? She often, she sticks out her weight bar that works as a quarterstaff. What's it made out of? Uh, mithril, my dude. Nope. Uh, mithril is indestructible <laughs> once it's... Forged, it cannot be reforged. Oh, just like adamantium. Oh, very cool. I did not know that. Pat's yeah. on the shoulder. Thanks, <clears throat> So they quickly go back to it, get the forge going again, the hammer, they heat up the, uh, the hammer and everything. And as they pull it back out and set it on the anvil, one of them takes tongs and doesn't touch the hammer with the glowstone, but sets it right over and he goes, 
and the glowstone just seems to like blend right into the hammer Whoa. and then they quickly take the core and put it over and he goes and it blends in and this weird glow forms over the hammer as these odd runes start to form in a blue and uh not blue a white and reddish combination of colors mm-hmm. all over the hammer and he goes that works puts both hammers away looks back at you guys and goes if you want to now's the chance yeah let's do it all right what materials do you have and what weapons do you want to use they cannot be made out of mithril or out of mithril. we already established that thank you well we got raw bars yes they can Hmm? We have raw bars of adamantium. Yeah, no, you can totally make new ones. What he's saying is if you already have weapons that are made out of mithril or adamantium, they can't be reforged with enchantments put into them because they're indestructible. Wait a sec. Wait a... The dragon-forged ah. hammer that he had was just wrought iron steel. Or wow. dragon wrought right. iron steel. Um... You can only do weapons? Uh, weapons, potentially armor. As a side note, if you want to and you have any dragonforged armaments that are still enchanted, you technically can use those too. Like he said, they just can't be mithril or adamantium. And you can do armor, weapons, or shields. Well, I got an adamantium shield, so I'm good there. Oh, Zabak offers up her buckler. Anything you can do with this? It's a regular buckler. Is it made out of wood? Uh, it's got a, it's a plus two to my AC, so no. It's a standard, so that'd be a standard buckler. Oh. So that just comes down to flavor. Did you get a metal shield or did you get a wooden shield? Because they'd be the same either way. Metal. Okay. He goes, yeah, we could do the shield. What materials do you have to add to it? Uh, can I use the kite-shaped glass that gives me a chromatic orb? Will that do anything? You can't use any of the... We gotta, you got to return all those items back to the Arcanium. Oh, that's right. Mercer reaches into his bag, pulls out one of the crucibles. Oh, the core? I have okay. a golem hand. A what? That won't do you any good. Yeah, it won't what do about any. my giant pearl? Um <laughs> Possibly, but that's a few. That's up to me. So so he asked he asks Locke. He goes. So we have some armaments left mm-hmm. that have stuff in it. Would it be more effective to use that? Or the core. Um, you could use an armament with the core. That could potentially do something. You could use a normal item with uh, with one of the cores or one of the other uh, material crafting materials that you have. I depends on what you've got. Well, there's. Um, got a javelin here that she could use that does arc lightning. Now, if we use that with the core, would it stabilize it to where it's a more than one use object? 
potentially. Hands him the core, hands him the javelin. Okay. He hands the javelin off to Zam, who puts it in the forge while it's still hot. It heats up. They set it on the anvil. Uh, he opens the little crucible thing in out. They pull out the uh, the core, set it over the javelin, and he once again, the core goes into the javelin. And you said it was a what? It's a javelin that does arc 2d6 damage to two additional targets. Okay. Yeah, so we're going to say that that's... Uh, deals 2d6 lightning damage and may target up to two other characters within 10 feet. Um, <coughs> so the way that's going to work now is when you throw the javelin, it does the 2d6 lightning damage. Oh, me? Yes. Or whoever's ja- whoever's using Mercer, the javelin. Mercer is giving this to you. Okay, cool. And then... What kind of javelin is it again? It doesn't have a special name yet. It's just, it's, we're going to call it a javelin of arcing. Okay. It does 2d6 lightning damage. And now that it's been altered to be more permanent, it's going to do an additional, uh, it's going to do additional lightning damage to up to two creatures within 10 feet. Uh, we're going to say 1d6. So if you throw it at one of three, the initial damage is the one it hits. The extra 1d6 damage is to those other two. Within 10 feet, right? Mm-hmm. Javelin of arcing? Yes. Sweet. <clears throat> oh, and in the case of the armaments, if you wanted to do... Uh, one of the masks or one of the amulets. You could do that as well. I'm going to say for the amulet, though, you have to go to the jewelry foundry to do that. What? No, I'm, I'm sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. Forget that. I'm tired. You can use the amulet. You... Yeah. Um, if you want to. I'm assuming this chromatic orb item is at a level one. Everything's level one, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which we can't use anything from the Arcanium. Why not? Oh, oh. Because it has to be returned. No, no, okay. I thought you meant like as a weapon. I'm like, hey. No, you, yeah, you can use it. You just, you can't, the object has to right. go back to the Arcanium. Right. What happens if it doesn't? Then the Arcanium ceases to work. Oh. Um. He grabs the, the second core. Mm-hmm. He reaches into his bag, pulls out a chunk of um, mithril, like the actual bar, mm-hmm. and an amulet. It's um, a mithril bar. Mm-hmm. Okay. And. Uh,
Yeah. And hands that, uh, hands that, hands, hands that off to Locke and goes. Did the amulet already have an enchantment on it? It's, it's been expended. Okay. So I'm hoping, I'm, I'm, more or less this is, I'm giving this to him to see what he can infuse into it. And I figure in conjunction with Mithril, the amulet, and... Okay. It would give it a better base to work off of with the, the magic, with the core. Hey, guess what? We started selling merchandise. Check out the link in the description below and see what we've got. So, <coughs> they don't heat up the amulet, but they do heat up the mithril bar. Mm -hmm. They bring the mithril bar over, the amulet gets set on top of it, and you start to see it heat up from the heat from the bar. Mm -hmm. They take the core and hold it over the amulet. With a minor slight hesitation and confusion mixed with a slight bit of worry, Black goes... <sighs> Okay. And let's see here. Oh, it's supposed to be a D8, not a D6. Oh, the one I was looking at. Okay. <clears throat> so the amulet is now a mithril amulet of absorption. Once per day, you can use the amulet to allow yourself to have 10 temporary hit points. And actually, I'm going to alter that to three times per day. Okay. Because it seems kind of stupid to only be able to do it once per day. Okay. He puts that on. Okay. Um, so if I give you some glowstone dust, what can you do with that? Yeah, absolutely nothing. Glowstone dust is already fully refined. And you can't infuse it in anything? No. And Locked On looks at you and goes, that's why I wanted to hang on to the raw glowstone stone. Because that is uh, forgeable material. If you need a glowstone for forging, I still have three of them left. What can it do? I'm not a blacksmith, so I'm asking you. Usually it does something in relationship to electricity. It also depends on the object that you want to infuse it into and whether or not you have additional metal to add to it. Well, okay, so what would it do if I gave you some mithril or adamantium with a shield? Probably be enchanted in some way defensively. See, this is the downside to blacksmithing in this particular fashion, is I don't have an exact understanding of what it's going to do from a magical perspective. The type of uh, enchanting I think you're thinking of takes a great deal more work with somebody who's far more skilled than any of the kobolds or myself here.
But if it's with glowstone, I'm pretty sure it's going to do something related to. Ooh, I don't know if this is gonna work or not. Shock or lightning. He gets into the. He gets into his bag. Mm-hmm. Pulls out the the field disruptor. The what? The field the the field disruptor. The cannon thing that you guys used earlier. Uh huh. Okay. And he takes off the cannon portion of it. Okay. <clears throat> and um. Because it's already forged. Okay. And he goes, so if I take this with one of your glowstones, what would happen? Thinking like a lightning cannon. I... I don't know. Let's find out. (laughs) I'll even give you a jar of the refined dust as trade in case nothing happens. He gets to looking at it. This primarily consists of silver components. If I put this in there, it's just going to all melt it into liquid. Hands you a thing of uh, mithril. Uh, mithril bar. He sets the cannon thing on the um, on the anvil. He goes, you want to use the cannon, the mithril, and a chunk of glowstone? Yeah. Okay. This will be interesting. I honestly have no idea what's going to happen. I really don't. We'll find out. <clears throat> so they heat up the uh, the mithril. He grabs the cannon and the glowstone. He hands to one of the other kobolds who holds it with a set of tongs. Mm-hmm. They pull out the heated mithril, set it down, set the cannon on top of it. And he immediately goes into like a fast forward mode because he notices the heat starting to build in the cannon. Mm -hmm. And some of the silver components are starting to look like they're going to liquefy. And he goes, okay, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Okay. Jack wagon. So, the cannon is now going to act as a ranged weapon that takes up one of your hands to use. So, if you put the cannon on, you can't use that. I'm Mega Man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You are... You basically can do your force cannon, but it's going to do 2d8 thunder damage. And if it hits, they need to make a DC 12 strength saving throw or be pushed 10 feet and knocked prone. Dang. You also immediately know that if you choose to use that, you can't put your Eldritch Cannon on the same arm as that cannon. The magic from that won't allow it. That's fine. I can put it on my shoulder. So I'm mixed between Mega Man and War Machine. Burnitch! Does Selene get anything out of this? I don't have any, like, there's nothing for her, really. Um, I'm just asking. 
I got another amulet. I got an adamantium bar, but I got nothing magical to infuse into it. What do you think Raleigh Ember will do? I don't know. I've only ever seen raw amber used to be liquefied and seal creatures in okay. amber. Amulet, adamantium bar, raw amber. Let's do this. Uh, okay. I so they heat up the adamantium, uh, set it down on the forge, put the amulet over it, put the amber over the top of it. He stops and goes, I've never known Amber to be magical, though. This is going to be weird. And he strikes it. This time it's a little bit different. It still does the thing, but it gives off an ex this very distinctive white radiant glow. Mm -hmm. As the amulet is now an adamantium amulet. While she wears it, she can heal for half of the damage that she causes when she does damage with a spell or a weapon or anything. Mm -hmm. And then, as part of that, she can choose whether or not she's healed or transfers it, or somebody within 10 feet of her can be healed. Ooh. Perfect. Mercer takes the amulet. Mm -hmm. Here, for you. She's like, Thanks. Puts it on. And then Lockdown goes, oh, wait. The back. Ah. The jawbone. Oh, yeah. Hands it over. Come on, make some. Make mama goes, something nice. I need one more mithril or adamantium bar. You tell me which is better. This is a whole heck of a lot heavier than the mithril. Uh, the mithril's indestructible. Uh, yeah, let's go with the mithril then. Oh. Okay. So he, they go to heat up the mithril. Uh, they set it down. They put the jawbone of Tarkantos over it. And it's already magical, which is very interesting. He pulls out one of the glowstones real quick and goes, Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. The jawbone of Tarkantos is now indestructible. Oh, yeah. And does 2d6 shock damage, as well as being a plus one weapon. So it's the jawbone of... Who? Tarkantos. T-A-R-K-A-N-T-O-S. And that's exactly how the book spells it. I didn't come up with that name, but you, I like it. Is there a way that, like, as you're getting ready to hit something, if I cast a spell into the object, do you think that would do anything? That is a very good question. I do not know. Or, or, I have the ability to do arcane infusions. Mm-hmm. You want to try to infuse something and then... So, my good friend's back here. Yeah? Tends to keep losing her javelins. All right, no. I tied a rope to him. After I, after I did to you the first time. You know... But I'm just saying... I have the ability to make a returning weapon. Oh. Hmm. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to lose my slot. But I'm just curious if I use the infusion into it as you're forging, 
would it pass off the magic and not hold up my hold up my magic? Or you think my magic would be locked into it? Oh, you're wanting to know if you can get your your infusion back to be able to put back on something? I, I don't know. We can try it. What's all infused right now, James? Is it two bags? I got two bags. <laughs> so we're going to have a mess from a bag of holding. No, they're all... Uh, one of them is completely empty right now. Oh, okay. So uh, at this point, Zam goes, All right, if we're going to do this as the last thing we can do, then we got to get out of here. Seriously, we, we don't have a lot of time. Okay. Um, I need one of your, just your basic javelins. Hands it over. Grabs one of the mithril bars. Are you putting the infusion into the javelin prior to them trying to forge it? Uh, you tell me how I'm doing this. He goes, well, best I can see, if I had to venture a guess, I would say you need to put the infusion into the weapon before we try to do this. So while you're doing the infusion... Grabs his carving tools. They start heating up the mithril. Starts carving into the... He goes, all right. And you watch the bag that I think Esther has. Mm-hmm. No, it's the ones the back has. Hers just kind of just kind of fades okay. as he releases that one. All right. So um, at this point, just as everything's getting ready to like be blended, Locked On looks at everybody and goes, "If you're not, if you don't need to be in here, you should probably get out of the room. I don't know what's about to happen." Seriously. <laughs> uh, they all like. I assume Mercer still needs to be in. No, no, after he infuses, he doesn't need. He gets that guy of dodge. Yeah. He takes so, off running. I assume everybody except for Locked On and the Kobolds leave the room yep. and get out. Bye. So. Whoa. So there to there. Um, so these two guys are the ones doing this. <clears throat> and, uh,. They heat it up, they set the uh, mithril down, they set the javelin on top of the mithril, and once again, and they have, unlike every other thing that they had done up to this point, a wave of energy blasts out in all directions. And everybody kind of slides back a little bit. Not enough to need to make a saving throw, I think, but you see them physically move, forced mm-hmm. back. And there is now a, what was it, mithril? A mithril javelin yeah. that has uh, arcane runes carved into it as there is now a mithril javelin of returning. Do I get do I get the sense that it? Uh... Yeah, you get the sense that your infusion came back to you. Cool. He Mercer walks in, <laughs> grabs javelin. But on top of that, you also get the feeling that if you tried to do that again, it would be much worse. Yep. He goes javelin for javelin. Huh? I'll take you. The, I'll take the arc one because I can use that with my catapult spell, and then you can keep chucking this thing all day long. All right. All right. 
wrong. Okay, so tablet of returning. So you never have to buy any more javelins. Yeah, buddy. Just to be clear, she never bought any. But she just kept collecting them and giving them to her. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> So regular regular stats, except it comes back to me. Yep. Yeah. So so basically, let's say you are you know in combat, things are far away from you. You go, hoi, and as you cock back your arm to throw again, there it is. Yeah. Oh. So yeah. you can just like when you need to be ranging, you can just and you never have to worry about losing it again. So, at this point, uh, Zam looks at you and goes, Alright, we're done. Let's go. <coughs> and no sooner than he says that, a dragon arrives. Ah, oh, crap. Aurora soars in through the Quay Cavern, followed shortly after by Wait, your ship. We like Aurora, yes. Yes, Aurora is the dragon that set you on this job in the first place. Mercer comes walking out. <clears throat> and you notice that your ship not only is being crewed by your crew, but a number of kobolds are aiding them along with Korshak directing and navigating and helping Hal find their way. Yeah. Ah! As, oh, uh, as, I, I want to say that like as we walk out, Mercer has straps to that breastplate. Mm-hmm. Done. So he walks out, goes... Done. Got him. We are successful. Wait a minute here. So as I, as you guys are making your way back to your ship. All of the kobolds that you helped are helping you also take any treasures you have to load back onto your ship. Mm -hmm. At which point, Ormix comes back over with two things. He now has a odd-looking device that has a tank with a yes. I'm just explaining stuff. Has a tank with a set of tubes coming off of it leading to a now smaller, more portable-sized extruder mm-hmm. made of different parts than before. And he immediately hands that over to Lockdown, and Lockdown goes, I am so glad I saved that last piece of glowstone. Now we get to see if this actually works. As he props it open, sticks the glowstone inside, and you immediately see it start to glow immensely, and mm-hmm. electricity start to flow, and he's like, Whew, that could have ended badly. And Ormix is like, you think? Mercer wants to see if he knows what's going on. Okay. Let's see. 18? 18. You can tell from an artificer perspective that the amber extruder was re-engineered to be more portable and mobile. 
And then from an arcane perspective, it was redesigned to take a certain type of material to be used as a... Uh, as a catalyst? No, as a power source to create a different sort of effect rather than just spraying liquid amber. And Lockdown immediately straps the tank to the back of his belt, runs the tube up to his arm, and links it onto the arm where you see the extruder attached to that weird arm piece that uh, Oricos had earlier. Mm -hmm. And he goes, I'm not going to try this right now, but if it doesn't work, we're not out anything. It was pieces that were already busted up as it is. And he goes, yeah, true, true. Looks over at uh, at Mercer, and uh, he goes, because you helped free us, and because you guys are going to have to set sail from here rather than going across the the island of Soothold to get back to your ship. Here, take it. What do I get? This is the plans. No, they aren't plans, but they are um, parts, necessary parts for attempting to construct some sort of a war golem. Because <laughs> you because you got rid of a lot of those parts with the expectation of being able to go to one of the uh, junkyards. But yes. Since you're not going to be able to get to one of the junkyards, he collected up scrap pieces that he had, plus scrap pieces that he found, which is mostly the stuff you had dropped off. Yeah collected up what pieces he knew were going to be usable, packed them into a small little uh, chest for you, and handed them off. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the last thing I have for you guys is something I've been working on, and I have no problem with giving it to you guys because, well, you have to be able to travel to use it. It's an arcane telescope that you should be able to install on your ship. Mercer like perks up. <clears throat> he was like lost for a second for the war golem components. Mm -hmm. And then he said that and he's like. Ooh. And he goes, now here's, here's the kicker. I would very much appreciate it if you were willing to return the ballista so we can reconstruct our defenses here in case somebody tries to attack. Those things are incredibly difficult to build as opposed to repair. Trade? Yeah, the arcane telescope for your ballista. And the dragon scale. And the what? And your dragon scale. Who do you think you're talking to right now? To lock. No, you're talking to Ormix. Oh, Ormix. Okay, sorry. I thought I was... No, Ormix was... has been the one talking to you. Oh. Locke's helping load stuff onto the ship right oh, now. Oh, so yeah, I thought it was on him. Oh. As um... soon as he got the extruder thing all put on, he went straight to helping load crates and stuff of the remainder of the treasure. Can I have plans for the extruder then? Uh, no. Those are his. You gotta talk to him on that. And he points at Locked On. Lock! What? They want the ballista stuff that I want to put on the boats for weapons. 
So give them back the ballistas. Can I have can I have the, the, the schematics to the, 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 the cannon thingy? He sets the crate down and comes walking over. He goes, what are you going to do with these? The parts that you would need to build one of these, I'm currently wearing. I may be able to fashion something in counterpart to it. I'm an artificer. It's what I do. You already have a cannon for a hand, another cannon that you create. What do you need a third one for? The bigger the boom, the better the day. Let them have the ballistae, take the arcane telescope, or don't take the arcane telescope, and we'll talk about a ballistae. Either way, once we get on the ship and get out of here, we'll talk about this. <laughs> As you dump out everything to the ballistas. There. <laughs> and Wormix motions some of the kobolds to come over and they start putting those things back up into the defensive spots and everything. And simultaneously, other kobolds are now taking the, uh, the Arcane Telescope and mounting it right up on the tail end of the ship behind where the helm is at. Now, the telescope itself uh, is supposed to be capable of seeing clearly through any mist. And I need to find the card here. Do, 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 do. This enchanted telescope of enormous size is capable of peering deep into the heavens above and scouring the horizons for hidden and obscured sights. The main lens of the telescope glints with strange light and doesn't appear to be made from glass. In fact, it was made from the lens of the eye of a fallen dragon, magically preserved and crystallized. Graven with strange and powerful runes, this telescope also allows its user to see as far as possible, looking straight through overcast skies as if the clouds simply weren't there. Viewed through the telescope, the stars are breathtakingly clear, and hidden things, even things unlooked for, are often revealed. So there's three abilities that come with this telescope. Uh, first one is foresight. The telescope helps you detect foes approaching your ship once per day while on the ship all characters may roll initiative with advantage in addition they cannot be surprised on the first round of combat I'll let you hang on to this card to use since it's an object and not a person um, the second ability is clarity the arcane telescope can be used to glean importance of the future from the stars once per day, a character can choose to spend a long rest at the telescope. During that time, they witness a meteor shower, the flight of a dragon, or some other meaningful magic, magical or mundane event. This portent grants them a glimpse of things to come. If the character describes the portent to another party member, both characters gain advantage on the next d20 they roll. <laughs> and then the third effect... Unclouded vision. A character within five feet of the arcane telescope has advantage on any perception check that depends on sight. Beautiful. So that's just ongoing. Beautiful. 
So to catch you up, um, they made a trade. Yeah. Uh, all the ballistae that Mercer had collected up, and in return, uh, Ormix gave the gave your party an arcane telescope that's been mounted on the back end of the ship behind the helm. That gives you guys very interesting abilities related to sight in various ways. Um, and that kind of gives you a picture of it. Ooh. Interestingly Crazy. enough, it looks similar to, but distinctively different in other fashions, to the telescope that you guys saw when you were on Mordekainen's ship. <coughs> Different in the fact that you can tell it functions very differently, mm -hmm. but similar in the fact that it's very large and it has distinctive obviousness to magic in some relation to it. So is the other option we get it if we kept the ballista? No. So, okay. This is we're going to talk out of game for just a minute. This goes back to the treasure that you guys found in the forge after you defeated Pyre. Mm -hmm. Had you not chosen to evenly split the treasure with the kobolds. Mm -hmm. um, they wouldn't have helped you with the fallen star at all. They would not have helped with any of the forged items you guys were able to create. And they wouldn't have helped you load anything onto your ship, at which point Aurora would have looked and said, you guys could use some sort of an extra defense on your ship and ordered some of them to reinstall one of the ballistas onto the ship itself and you would have had a dragon rock ballista now because you guys chose to evenly split the treasure um they all helped out the way they did etc 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 and that's what caused ormix to be like well you guys were nice to us so i'm gonna be nice to you here's an invention of mine that's very valuable and i Got think it. you guys will get better use out of it cool so despite the fact that mercer really really wanted a ballista he went in the opposite direction <laughs> Not to say the Mercer can't recreate one. Possibly. It won't be anywhere near as powerful as the one you would have been given. Hey, it's a ship defense. It's all matters. Fair enough. So, as the Kobolds hastily outfit your vessel, Aurora questions you about the outcome of the raid, eager to hear about Pyre's fall and the strange new creature that is following you around. So, Mercer sits there and goes, Well, I stuck Pyre with a spear and caused him not to breathe. You suffocated him with a spear? Yep. What'd you do, hit him square in the throat? Pretty much. Yeah. And then we proceeded to beat him up. Beat him while Dragon's down. <coughs> I kicked him in his shin, but that kind of hurt. Yeah. There's no way in the world a spear simply brought down Pyre. What else did you use? Aboleth poison. Mm-hmm. Well, points for, uh, for, for ingenuity and an interesting twist to a combat. I never would have thought of that. Do you know how hard it is to get your hands on Aboleth poison? Really, really freaking hard. But... When in the world did you get Aboleth poison? Oh, I like it. Well, you know, back when I, you know, killed the Leviathan, you know, nothing major. It wasn't when you killed the Leviathan. That's what he thinks it is. <laughs> <coughs> he 
honestly doesn't remember when he got it. He just knows he had it, and so. Okay, so explain to me what's with the little white. That was in that was in the the shell the the star fragment. Oh. Turns which... out it was turns out it was an actual egg. Gotcha. Which reminds me that also grants you guys. Now, do I still have the fragments of the? Or is this now gone? No, one of the pieces of the... Uh, when the adamantium shell completely broke, the magical effect now resides in the uh, compass itself. So you still have that ability. It's as if that's being treated as the adamantium shell now. Okay. Well, I guess more spell slots for Mercer then. Um, and then another piece forms on the compass as you get this ability. All abilities moving forward now are abilities that the living star is going to have rather than the compass. So your your little sea turtle friend is now going to have abilities that allow that it gets as it matures. Got it. So all the abilities the compass could have gotten are all the abilities it's ever going to get as far as I know right now. Yeah. Um, if that changes, I will let you know as soon as I find out. Okay. I know you're not going to use this right now, so I'm just going to set it off to the side. What is that? This is that. This is the piece that is put on the compass. The abilities that the living star gets transition through the compass as oh, okay. additional pieces are added. Got it. Since you've put all the fragments in, it's now the corners of the compass that form that sun shape mm -hmm. that are now being added in. Oh, okay. It all still reverts to the compass, so you still need to hang on to the compass, obviously. Yep. <coughs> it's just, moving forward, it's going to be the turtle that gets the abilities rather than whoever's possessing the compass. So Aurora looks at you and goes, she says, well, if you're going to be having a new little critter follow you around, you might as well name it. I look over at the back. If I name it, you ain't going to like it. I'll think on it. Give me a minute. Mercy pulls out sundial. Oh my lord, there's no sun down here. She uh, she also looks at you and goes, We also need to get out of here. You need to leave with haste. And until I've uh, soothed things over with Lux, it's a good idea to hide the little guy because... Even I can tell that uh, your little friend is extremely powerful, and if my mother finds out, I can't make any promises. I know a really good way to stop her from breathing. Their name is Beryl. You don't have any more Aboleth poison. <laughs> no, but I know a very powerful friend. <coughs> Beryl. As I'm looking up at her. Don't look at me. I don't have Aboleth poison. You got connections. I know you do. Don't lie to me. <clears throat> there it is. Fine. Not gonna have time to look this up in my phone. Mercer's got to be Mercer every flipping time. Mercer does what Mercer does best. I'm thinking long game here. Yeah, I know you are. 
He doesn't always just think in the moment. Just 98% of the time. It's going to be a 24 on intimidation as she leans down to you and says, Get on your ship. Let's see, intimidation. <coughs> so that's going to be... Uh, what do I got to roll against that? Uh, intimidation. <laughs> Ooh. I have advantage. What's the max roll you can make on an intimidation? Though? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Because <laughs> she almost rolled max herself. Uh, let's see. Of course, this happens. The notes are all scattered. Just out of curiosity, how close did Pyre get uh, Mercer to dying with those constant repeats of heat metal? Uh, half my health. Really? Yeah, the forge, the forge doing its thing took me out. Yeah, I knew the forge was hurting me too. I got, a, I got a fifteen. Mercer looks at her and goes, "You know, that, 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 that's a good play." <laughs> Name the living star Beryl. Beryl, yeah. Beryl or Meryl? Beryl. Beryl. B-E-R-Y-L. Beryl. Like a barrel you put on your ship? No. Beryl. Spell that again. B-E-R-Y-L. B-E-R-Y-L. Beryl. 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 There we go. Okay. Well, I'm thinking about it. I would pop this little guy out. Yay! You want to know what I was going to name it? What were you going to name it? Bob Turtle. (laughs) (laughs) So you'd have Bob Stratus and Bob Turtle? At least he didn't try to name it Sheldon. No. That would have made more sense. Exactly. Well, Mercer is completely nonsensical, so... I was going to name it Bob Turtle. Can't all be Bob. So yeah, so like once we get on the ship, uh-huh. I run down to to Bolo's little little section tinker shop, mm-hmm. and I like I, I throw open the door. Oh, oh, what? What do you want? Can't you see I'm busy? Oh, I got a better project for us both. You're gonna love this. What? I pull out a small box. I open up the lid and go, look what we're going to build. Out of game, don't forget you said you held on to 
the best parts. Yes. So not only do you have parts in that box, you still have parts in your bag too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, look what we're gonna build. And Bolo stops and goes, hang on just a moment. Right here on the table. That's what I thought. <laughs> oh boy. As he knows exactly where your head's at right now and he's just like, yep, I'm down for this. Where in the world did you get this stuff from? Uh, Pyre's Island. My goodness, dang it, I did not want to do that. Photo. There we go. Perfect. And... Bam. So just as you guys get to setting sail, um, Zabak, Lockdown, Esther, Hal, and the Living Star all notice that Aurora's attention is drawn southward. Lux, flanked by two other dragons that you have not met before, sails out of the clouds and lands nearby. And... Uh, Immediately, Aurora quickly gives a, a direct glare at Zabak. What? And then eyes the living star like, hide now. Hide her. Oh, right, right, right. Come here, come here. Hustles down to below decks with her. Okay. So, Zabak and the living star are now down here. And immediately, as soon as you get down here, the living star is like, whoop, whoop, starts to soar around. Through the hallways and everything. Wait, 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 Beryl, wait! <coughs> so, uh, at this point, um, Esther and Lockdown and Hal are still up on the main deck along with the crew. Everybody that's down here can now give me a perception check. So, just the back. Yes. Nah, she perceives nothing. Cleavy, no. Bolo, yes. Mercer <coughs> with a 12. Celine with a 23. Okay, so Celine definitely hears it. Mercer almost didn't hear it because of how focused he is on this. Bolo definitely heard it, though, as well. As you guys hear, the most horrific sounding roar coming from above deck. Oh, no. So Lean immediately recognizes it as Lux's roar from when she was incredibly pissed when Mercer attacked Catapult in her court. Oh. Uh, Bolo is sitting there trying to help work on this thing and he jumps and drops his tools like, what the? What was that? That was Lux. Oh boy. I don't know who that is. Aurora's mom. Another dragon. Big, big dragon. I'm surprised she didn't try killing me. I've survived her attack once. No, twice. I don't... We, we really don't need the ship burnt down. Should we go and see what the problem is? Mercer looks back at, as the pieces are starting to come together a little bit. He's like, <sighs> This thing will be here when we come back. Fine. Goes and runs up. Stairs, Celine follows. Um, 
Bolo immediately stops at Cleavy's room as well as Sess's little steam thing. And goes, I don't normally do this, but the both of you pep up, we might need your help. As he starts to make his way up as well. Everybody's now coming up here, so... I don't know where Mushroom and Selena are going to be, but we're going to say Bob Stratus is currently possessed by Cess. Uh, um, uh, Yep. Even Cleavy comes up and she flies back here to this back crow's nest. This is when you guys, I've never mentioned this before, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it as if you guys already knew this. This is where the main crow's nest is on yep. the main mast. There's two smaller ones here and here where if you climb up to them, you can see over the whole thing. It's just the sails are at different levels. Yeah. Uh, does the back come back up or does she stay below oh, yeah. she deck tell, with the she living tells Beryl, Beryl stay down here it's for your good go hang out with Sess Sess is currently oh, possessing right. Bob yeah, there'll be no one. there'll be no one downstairs and Cleavy's down up here no. everybody <sighs> went up to the main deck <sighs> Beryl immediately comes around puts its, gets back on her shell and goes <sighs> alright alright I'll stay down here with you then <laughs> Oh, sweet sympathy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, grief, I already have it. <laughs> Silly man. <clears throat> and Aurora is going to be right there. Uh, da, da, oh, I thought she was talking with her mom. Huh? I thought she was talking with her mom. What? No, not yet. As she saw Lux and the other two dragons coming, she immediately looked at the back and went, and that's when you guys heard, kind of like in Skyrim, when you first know a dragon's nearby, you hear the echoing roar from a yeah. distance. That's the same situation as here, except a lot louder because of how powerful she Mercer is. Mercer points up to, to Lux and goes, that's Lux, Bolo. Oh, bloody. I with you. Yeah, she hit me twice. <coughs> I, I don't know how I'm alive, but she hit me twice. He, he kind of eyes you in confusion and slowly reaches out, puts his hand on your shoulder, like, just tap it. Okay, so you're not a ghost. You're actually here. Yeah. How did you... So, did she... I, uh, I mean, have I, ever, have I ever told you wrong before? I mean, I killed a Leviathan. Anyway. <laughs> so Aurora quickly steps up and she goes, Mother, Mother, Pyre was planning to completely try to overthrow you and everything. He had a huge armada of war golems and dragonborn that were standing by his side and everything. This crew, my servants, they went in and under my command completely took Pyre out as well as his entire armada. If it pleases you, I will gladly step in and take over for Pyre and take control and keep an eye over Soothold. And she almost halfway starts to laugh and snicker a little bit as she's kind of looking at Aurora and going, you really think I'm going to let such an untrustworthy little twerp like you 
take charge of one of the most important islands. Hey man, that's no way to talk to your own kid. Who told her that? Esther. Her, her gaze immediately looks over at the ship as she starts to see everybody. And that's when Mercer realizes that she's now giving him a complete death glare. I mean, you can talk to him like that. Esther gestures over at Mercer. Mer- Mercer does what Mercer does best. Hmm. Shrugs. She looks down and she goes, You! Oh, crap. You disrupted my court, you disrespectful tiny little... Well, don't call him tiny! I'm going to give him one chance. It's going to be a disadvantage, but I'm going to give him one chance at a dexterity saving throw. Oh, no. My bad, dude. <laughs> is, it, is it magical in nature? No. That's a natural one. All right. uh, <laughs> she sweeps down quicker than Mercer has ever realized no. before and grabs him. No! Oh, crap. Like this. Oh, no. Like, her claw is as big as my hand is to mm-hmm. your miniature and has you... Brings you right up to her face. Mercer, tell her you're sorry. You know one. No one has ever disrespected my court and attempted to kill someone. He made a mistake. Forgive him. He's sorry, I promise. Mercer then sees her eyes widen greatly, like the pupils of her eyes widen greatly. He's allowed an arcana check. Oh, no. Long character sheet. Twenty-three. He knows that she is casting detect thoughts on him right now. Frustrate yourself. His thoughts are... (coughs) No, his thoughts are... Your consort, whatever you want to call him, Mr. Catapult, tried to take my ship. I, I, kicked him off my ship into the water to to die and never be seen again. And somehow he magically shows up in your thing. I ensured to keep with what I thought had already happened. Okay. So, as you're thinking that, you see her eyes widen a little bit more as you feel her delving deeper into, like, your memories and such now. I have a question. And I... I, I was going to kind of leave it open up into the air, and then you had to go tell the story about how you kicked the catapult off the front of your ship. Mm-hmm. So i ask you this straight out. Was Mercer blue when that happened? No. He was not. I was not. I got, I got cursed later. After you guys dealt with catapult. Because mm-hmm. catapult was really early on. Okay. That's right, because you guys got your crew on the Blazing Isles, because they were a group of prisoners that used to work for the mines, and then you guys rescued them, at which point Magnus said, well, if you guys have a crew, we really don't need him anymore. Yep. And that's when you went, see ya! Okay. Well, then I'm going to do a roll here. 
and I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt by calling it evens or odds. Evens. Five. Ah! She goes deep enough into your memories to see when you had been cursed with blue and how angry and frustrated it was for you. Like, not at a disadvantage or anything, it just it was that freaking annoying oh, to yeah, you. Oh no, it, it, yeah, no, he didn't like me call Smurf. She closes her hands in around you. You feel the you feel something blow on you as the smell of smoke surrounds her hand, mm-hmm. and she sets you back down on the ship. You've been cursed blue again. Esther's <laughs> not laughing, but she I. She looks back at Aurora and says, "You will not be in charge of Soothold. Scorch will take control of Soothold." And everybody sees Aurora's face go into a very snarled anger, and for a brief moment, you get the very distinctive feeling that she's about to attack her mother on the spot, uh, but then Aurora. reserves herself back to her composure, and her mother says, that being said, you went and did something behind my back and created an uprising that I will not tolerate. Uh, no. Mercer is just sitting there shaking. Like, he sees his hands, and he's just like... Esther comes over to him. She looks back over at the ship and goes, As for the rest of you, consider yourselves banished from the Golden Archipelago. Should I see you again, you will be killed on sight. Okay, cool. Aurora, come with me. And she takes to the skies again. You don't have to, Aurora. I curse you, you stupid dragon! Oh, shut up, man! (laughs) Dude, Dang it. We're all gonna die because of you! No, wait. I don't have that in there. I gotta look it up on here now. I gotta look up a red worm. Because I need to know if she would have heard that. Oh, she'll absolutely hear that. <laughs> Man, uh, <coughs> Why are you like this? I. Uh, <laughs> what? You honestly think Mercer's gonna sit there and be turned blue and not do anything? Esther's trying to comfort you. Man, I'm sorry this happened. <laughs> I rolled a 1 uh, for perception. She still gets a 22. <laughs> Don't mind him. He's just... He, uh, now, because of how far away they are, you see her turn back, look at Aurora, look at the other red dragon, and motion... Aurora and the other dragon continue to fly off. She does a 180 and comes back. Oh, crap. Mercer, shut up! <clears throat> Mercer, in his amazing... Okay, Esther's gonna clock you to try to knock you out. Do I get advantage because he's not paying attention to me? I... He's not paying attention. I just... <coughs> he's not paying attention. Uh, I don't know. Unarmed strike just... Crap. By the way, that that's going to be a 19 intimidation. That's 13. To oh, you're going to try to intimidate her? At, at, at this point, I, I Mercer is PO'd off. 15 to clock you with my mithril bar. What'd you roll? A 19. Oh, man. I rolled a 4. She got a 20. Oh, no. <laughs> the fact that I only <laughs> went off... I rolled a 4. She got a 20. I know, yeah. but the fact that I'm only one off... 
I cannot make any promises for Mercer as of right now. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there well, right now. I got some blank characters. So <coughs> I'll one for you, I guess. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me double check my notes because I know. Actually, here, I need you to do me a favor because I, I need to find it and I'm not sure I'm going to find it fast enough. <laughs> um, I need you to go look up Scarlet Kate's hat. Scarlet Kate's hat? Yes. Um, which one did we. You guys found the jacket first and then the hat later, correct? Yes. Okay, so that would have been this one. Because that's somewhere buried deep in my notes here that are scattered all. All right, what did you want to know about her hat? I, I need to know the information on it again. Any character who wears this hat gains advantage on intimidation checks and deception checks related to their abilities as a sailor, thief, or combatant. Using it as a combatant. Okay. So it's just advantage. Correct. Okay, I was hoping there was a modifier with it, too. Um... Once per day, they can automatically succeed on a skill check made while aboard a ship at sea if they have both the hat and the jacket. In this particular case, because they are opposed skill checks. But it's still a skill check once per day. I use it. <laughs> to roll. To succeed oh, on my roll. Okay. So, what's your max intimidation check? 21. Okay, so she doesn't just automatically attack you, but she comes back down, looks at you, and gives you this look of, like, you you almost see a slight snick, uh, smirk on her face as she's like, wow, this guy's really got some balls on him. <laughs> comes back down, swipes you up again. I'm going to give you, it's going to be at disadvantage again, but dexterity saving throw. Dude, you're going to die. Uh, 21. Okay, so now I gotta actually. I rolled an 18 and a natural 20. Okay. Really, part of me, I hope she misses me, because that would just that would just put the cherry on top of the cake at this moment. Oh jeez, yeah, no, there's no way she missed you. Ah. That's gonna be a 32 as she swoops you back up. Holds you up to her again, but this time holds her hand like this so you can stand on her hand. Yep. And she looks at you. Right. <clears throat> Once again, intimidation. Esther goes down. Esther goes below decks. There's no point in me being here. I'm going to bed. Bye, guys. 15. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I have advantage. That's a 19. So what did you roll total? 19. She got 30. And she holds you right here, and she goes, Care to say that again? Here's what happens. Mercer looks at her, <coughs> directly in her dragon eyes, yeah. and goes, I curse you, as he's peeing himself. <laughs> she gently grabs you, Flickers her hand, <laughs> sets you back down, <coughs> and goes, Oh, okay. Man. She was just like, 
you are so lucky I rolled double ones as she comes to go and flick you off her hand and instead just slightly flicks to the side of you and you feel this giant claw go whoosh past your head. Mercer's standing there scared to death but just staring her in the eyes like, (coughs) come at me bro. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) One of those moments where you're so scared to death but you can't back down. Yep. So he is trying to put on the biggest little man show he can do as he is just dying inside. Last one. One more intimidation check. Natural 20, so 21. You guys match at 21. She looks at you and she goes, Anything else you care to say? From below, Dex. Man, just shut up! Yeah, there's no way he hears that. I hate being blue. It's good for you, Bill's character. (laughs) As in, she's gonna kill you, so you're gonna have to build a new character. Probably. <coughs> she goes, well, should have thought of that before you decided to be a... S- oh. Flips her hand and you fall into the water. <laughs> Which, as the DM I'm telling you, is a much kinder way of leaving things than what she was going to do. Because had you failed that third one, breath weapon right here. How, how much how, how, how much damage can she do? With a breath weapon? Yeah. Well, I have the shield. I'm resistant to fire. 12d12. I could survive it. I mean... There's, there's a little part of me like, no, let's just do this. Let's do it. Let her, let her go puff her fire on me. Man, you, just, you got a death wish. Why why you do this? Because there's this? there's a chance that I could survive this. And the fact that I would survive a worm's breath. Well, at this point, she's dropped you into the water. And from how high she is up... You will take damage from the fall to the water. Yeah. But not nearly as much as you would have from the breath attack. Oh, gosh. (laughs) 20 points. And we're going to say it's bludgeoning damage because there's piercing and slashing make no sense for slash. Oh, no, it's it's absolutely bludgeoning damage. As she drops you into the water and takes off again. So, as Mercer is sinking in the water, he reaches into his bag, grabs his little uh, skirt thing. (coughs) (coughs) And she takes off. Thank God that's over. I'm going to make her blue. 
Yeah. Let's swim back to the ship. Uh, and with that, the dragon is now gone. Bye. And um, the as soon as Mercer gets back on deck, rolls over, he feels the compass go, and everybody ascends to level six. Whee! Friggin' time. And that's where we'll call it for the night. And we are gonna call it. Bye-bye. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to learn more about us, you can find us on Facebook at The LARP Channel. Until next time, stay safe and have fun.